The sun takes rest just like all biological life does. This rest is called solar hibernation. When the sun hibernates, all of life on Earth experiences a dramatic decrease in temperature. Learning about the sun and when and how to prepare for its rest cycle serves us all. For the sun, politics doesn't exist. Solar activity is impersonal. You are being introduced to the upcoming Grand Solar Minimum. No matter who you are, this upcoming solar cycle will impact your life in a dramatic way. Access to this information is being censored around the world. Receive this communication like your life depends on it because in the future it will. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. I'm Kim Greenhouse. For those of you who don't know me, it's a pleasure to produce and host this show about new and ancient knowledge and discovery. And one of the things that I get so excited about in the area of discovery is that through discovery, we can better our own personal lives, the lives of our loved ones and families, of society and the world, this and future generations. Today, we have a guest that, to me, is like a Copernicus in the sense that the information that she is bringing through to the world is so important because just about everything we've heard and a lot of us have read are telling us information about the climate and the state of climate that is incomplete. And it's not only incomplete by being incomplete, it's inaccurate in the sense that we don't know enough about the sun. And I'll tell you why, and then I'm going to bring the guest in, our beloved guest. And that is because we are using two to 300-year-old methods to deduce what's happening with the sun. And because the sun is one of the main drivers of climate that most of us haven't heard about, we are missing critical information that would change the face of our lives and all of humanity. If I ask one thing of all of you that are listening, no matter if you're involved politically in this subject of climate, I ask that you put aside your perspective and allow in new knowledge that is current, not two to 300 years old in terms of modeling. Our guest is Professor and Dr. Valentina Zarkova. She is a heavyweight in the area of applied mathematics, physics, and electrical engineering. She brings some mind-blowing information about the sun, which we need to know about to plan our lives. And I want to talk, just share with you a little bit about her background, which is that she is going to talk to us today about some areas that we're not hearing from the climate scientists, that we're not hearing from climate agencies, that we're not even hearing from a lot of the universities. For those of you, by the way, who have not heard It's Rainmaking Time special on peer review, you all need to hear that. And the reason is, and the reason you may not have heard of our guest, is because the peer review methodology in academia and also in publishing actually is a barrier 
to the transfer of new and ancient knowledge and discovery. It is my great pleasure to welcome Professor and Dr. Valentina Zarkova to its rainmaking time. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. <clears throat> all right. You've come all the way from Kiev to tell us this. <laughs> no, right? I, I am in Great Britain for ages, so I came from Kiev a long time ago, but I keep coming there. I haven't been for two years, but nonetheless, I am in the UK, United Kingdom. I'm professor of mathematics at uh, Northumbria University in Newcastle. Where I would like to start with this is distinguishing the signal from the noise in the area having to do with solar cycles, the sun. And I'd like you to share what is the main distinction to just get us all on a frame of reference with the audience. What is the main distinction between the way the sun has been measured two and 300 years ago and today? What is it? What's different? Well, 300 years ago, Copernicus discovered that we live in heliocentric system. So the sun is the center of solar system and all planets rotate about it. You know how long did it take to accept it? About nearly a century. One person yes. was born, Giordano Bruno, and Galileo made to uh, reject this theory to save his life. But nonetheless, this accepted. So we move now three centuries later, 350 years later, and we stuck to this theory that sun is the center of a uh, solar system, very religiously similar, like um, uh, Spanish inquisitions stuck to the system of geocentric system in 17th century. Why I'm saying this, that life is not perfect all the time, and the same happens in the solar system. So what has happened, we have nine planets, small planets, big planets. And when Copernicus discovered and Kepler derived the law of where the planets are rotated, Kepler defined in which distance each planet has to rotate and what will be coordinates and elliptic uh, parameters of the orbit. So it was nicely done, probably 16 years after Copernicus, Kepler did. But when Kepler did this law, the gravitation has not been discovered yet. Only about 10 or 16 years later, Newton had this apple drop on his head and he discovered the gravitation. It took him 20 years to derive all the constant and everything. So gravitation was discovered after the Kepler law. So when we arrived to the 20th century, in 1965, it was um, the scientists who reminded us that, okay, we know that the planets move around the sun because of the sun gravitation towards the planet, uh, of planets to the sun. But he reminded that the planets some of the planets are very big and they're so big enough then can drag our main star out of the focus of the elliptic orbit. So it turned out that by that time in 1965, people understood that the planets do not move around the focus where sun located. They move about the focus of body center of the solar system and the sun 
also does this tiny, tiny motion around the same center of elliptic orbit. So planets move on large, large ellipses, and sun moves on smaller ellipses, not ellipses, they like uh, sporadic orbits. They calculated, they calculated for few thousand years, the calculations of the distance between sun and earth are available on NASA website and on Paris Medon Observatory site. So these are exact calculation. The only thing that whoever was calculating have sun effects, they just ignored it. This is the point, this is the problem. So they just ignored the sun keep moving either close to the orbit of the Earth and other planets, or moving back to the focus of the elliptic orbit and leaving everything as it is. So this is the thing which we haven't done yet correction, despite gravitation was discovered 300 years ago. And why people deny until now this gravitation, it just <laughs> reminds me, probably dogma <laughs> like people had in religion. Why they believe for 300 years that the sun rotates around the earth and the planet rotates around the earth as well. Why did they invent two different spheres for each planet to jump from one to another to get coinciding the motion of the planet on the sky with the motion in these two different spheres? So people can invent any theory. You know, the human mind is very sophisticated. It's very smart. And you can find the theory, you can find the equation which can feed to some observation. The only thing is, if the theory is too complicated, it's very likely it is not truth. So this would really, um, really why? Explain because there's so many variables that it can't be tested along so a lot variables. of different areas. Not variables. When they put like when they try to fit the motion of the planets on the sky into the theory that planets rotate around the Earth. They needed to make the planets move in two different spheres. And at some point, they make this planet jump from one sphere to another. And when you think about complication of this model, why would planet want to jump from one sphere or one ellipse or one circle to another circle? So you need to find the force which makes it while in Kepler laws, all planets move at particular distances and have particular period, which depends on these distances. It is much simpler, much more logical. This is why his model works. But to add to the Kepler law, we needed now to add the fact that our sun is also affected backwards. We have feedback from planets. Jupiter is a huge planet. Jupiter, Saturn, they drag the sun down and not on the sun. You know, exoplanets have their looked for. People in astrophysics, they know that they need to find the wobbling star, the star which luminosity changes. Luminosity changes because the star rotates around this body center and it gives clue that this system with wobbling star definitely has the planetary system. So if it has planetary system, it might have a planet similar to Earth. Okay? So if I'm understanding you correctly, the, the way in which uh, 
the understanding of how the planets move. I mean, nobody would think, because most people, even if they made it to be uh, heliocentric, sun-centered, that everything travels around the sun, the knowledge wasn't, was the knowledge there at the time to know that the sun also can be pulled back by other planets or that there's a field that can pull the sun back? Yeah, the knowledge was not the surface uh, until 1965 and then uh, 80s when people started discussing this uh, motion is called solar inertial motion. And the distance the sun moves from the center of the uh, body center of the solar system is about uh, two solar radia. So in total, it's four solar radia or two solar diameters. This is the radius of rotation of the sun, wobbling sun around the body center. So when the person reported it first time, they look at it like um, some exotic report, maybe similar, like look at <laughs> Copernicus, whatever, whatever they said. They like Kepler system, everything is fine. Even in um, 2019, when we published the paper in Nature Scientific Reports, reporting some uh, millennial oscillations of the magnetic field um, zero line, baseline, which we discovered that magnetic field change, magnetic field zero line is not constant. It becomes either closer to the southern pole or closer to the northern pole, which we then figure out it has to be that the Earth become either closer to the sun with the southern pole over the northern pole. This is what we published. And when we discovered this vibration, the variation of this uh, zero magnetic line was about 2,100 years, 2,200 years, often called Holstead cycle. Holstead cycle was reported, I think, many decades for, from now. It's variation of solar irradiance they found from the biomass um, from isotopes and biomass, they found that the sun sends us more radiation every 2,200 years or 300 years and less in 1,000 years on the middle somewhere. Can I ask you about this? When we first spoke, you shared with me that the sun has a frequency and that by measuring the magnetic fields, that you can tell more about what's happening with the sun than you can the the sunspots. Did I yes. get that correct? Yes, absolutely can, correct. So let explain me that because everybody's focused on the sunspots about what's happening. <laughs> let me clarify. So things come from the sun reflects the solar activity which happening on the sun, which is generated by solar dynamo inside the sun, and sunspots are. Uh, appearances of the solar activity. So the sun does whatever it needs to do, solar activity within the sun. But at the same time, sun is not sitting uh, in the same point. It moves either closer to us or a bit further from us. So this is why uh, we have to, when we evaluate how much radiation we get from the sun, we need to count both things. We need to count in which phase is solar activity now and in which distance is sun is now. So we have to add these two. You cannot separate them, right? 
have to get there. So we have at the moment sun entered into ground solar minimum, as we found in another paper in 2015, also published in Nature and reported in the press release of the Royal Astronomical Society in 2015. So Can you, before you before you go on with that, do you mind just explaining to the public what is the grand solar minimum so they can be with you when you yes, transfer? Yes, I explain you. So what, what we found that <clears throat> sun creates solar dynamo walking inside the sun, which creates these magnetic waves. It actually works in two layers, in, in a layer very close to the uh, solar convective zone. It's one deep layer. And close layer to the surface, second layer. So the basically we have not single dynamos, we have two dynamos, we generate two dynamo waves. And then this bottom dynamo wave travels through the cold bottom and travels to the layer which is close to the surface. Here is one way and here travels another way. So these two waves start interacting. It is like um, if you ever been on the concert, you heard uh, very loud music, on the concert, but people who are sitting who would be really affected by this loud music. I've been see, there. I know <laughs> your ears are blown you out. See, there are special <laughs> devices uh, which are put to create the frequency in the opposite face to suppress this loud music for those who are very close to the um, uh, devices producing sound. So they suppress, this is why people who sit in the front row, front five rows, they are suppressed, they're protected. So you create two waves in antiphase and they cancel each other. So it's called disruptive, okay. disruptive interference. In the sun, of course, we don't have any engineer to produce anything. So whatever comes through, whatever interferes. So whether if these waves have uh, opposite phase, so amplitude of one wave has maximum and amplitude of other wave has minimum, it will be disruptive interference and we will get this ground solar minimum. All other times when the waves have phase difference much smaller than pi by two, the wave's amplitude will be adding and we have positive um, interference. So this is what we had. We have 330 years, 300 50 years since 17th century. We have this nice positive interference. We had this all this 11 year cycle until we arrived to 2020, when these two waves decided to become into opposite phase. So one wave has maximum and another wave has minimum. So as soon as they come together, they cancel each other. And this will happen in cycle 26, which will be starting in 2032. So at the moment, the waves still are present and we have cycle 25, which is in its maximum. We still have some signs of solar activity. So okay. basically translating to the public that doesn't have your background and expertise, what does this mean for us? What, what does mean? a grand solar minimum mean? Yeah. What does that mean for us? You mentioned the sunspots. Normally, when you have solar cycle, we now end the maximum of solar cycles, and they send you images of solar flares, of solar emission coming towards the Earth. 
They send you coronal mass ejections, big, big eruptions coming from the sun towards the earth and other planets. So this sun send us its energy, its particle, its magnetic field, its waves. So this is maximum solar activity and we expect it. And this is why we have such hot weather because at this maximum and sun is closer to us than it been before 100 years ago. It's much closer in March uh, until probably September and it will be much further another month. So this is uh, that those radiation and those energy come from the sun. What will be happening when we have fully developed ground solar minimum that this activity on the solar surface will start dying. Sun will get into hibernation, much less sunspots, no active regions, possibly no flares, no energy, extra energy coming towards the earth, no mass ejections. And what it means, it means that we have less energy coming towards the earth. And if we have less energy coming towards the earth, Nothing else can heat our poor planet. So the temperature on our planet will start dropping by approximately one Celsius, like it was in the Maunder minimum in 1645, And explain what the Maunder minimum is for people that have no reference for it. Yeah, it was the minimum of solar activity, previous ground solar minimum, which happened from 1645 to 1715 when... All the rivers in Europe were frozen, where we had snow, six solar cycles, this um, ground solar minimum lasted. And the temperature dropped very dramatically. It's been recorded in most of the European countries. The cold, the river Thames and river Danube, they were frozen and many others. Uh, even ice uh, was uh, floating from uh, Arctic towards the... Uh, global latitudes and so on. So it was very cold. Luckily for us, our ground solar minimum will last only three cycles. It's will not be that dramatic and that cold. Now what is three cycles? And when when does it actually kick in? It started Where 2020. It, go- it started already in 2020 and will okay. finish 2053. And uh, wow. what is solar cycle? It's 11-year cycle when the number of sunspots increasing. So at the moment, we are in cycle 25 and maximum of this cycle. This is why we don't feel yet that we are in the ground solar minimum because the sun is very active. It sends a lot of nice uh, particles, uh, flares, uh, CMEs, and we feel like everything normal. But you know, always before big storm, you have this... Uh, uh, different. So definitely, we just need to wait a couple of years when it passes ground solar minimum and on its way to descending part from 2026 onwards to 2033, we will see more and more reduction of solar activity on the surface. And it means reduction of radiation, which comes from the sun to the earth and other planets. And Isn't we'll- that your background, radiation transfer? Radiative transfer, it is not radiation transfer, it's radiative transfer, it's a transfer of emission inside some uh, feature. So I did radiative transfer in solar prominences, so we had hydrogen emission getting into these prominences, and I will calculate it 
what will be profile of H alpha or Lyman alpha, uh, Lyman beta. All right, it's a different. Beta. It's a different focus. It's a different than what theory. we're talking. It's a radiative transfer uh, and not radiation. They okay. have similar so, root, but not the same. So the grand solar minimum effectively started in 2020. It's yeah. cyclically to go to 2053, starting to get much colder in 2026, if I'm hearing you correctly. Did I hear you correctly? Much colder probably will start in 2030, 2031 when we reach the... But it will be cooling from 26, 27, 28. You will see you will see this because what you people will observe less um, sunspot, less active regions on the solar surface, meaning that we will get less radiation from our boiler. And we have the only boiler in the solar system. It is our star. If our star stop firing these active regions and sunspot and the uh, coronal mass ejection and flares, this emission doesn't arrive to us. We don't get it. If we don't get it, well, be my guess. You put as much of CO2 you wish, but it will not hit the planet, believe me. Yeah, I want to go to the controversy, if you don't mind. And I want to, I did a whole show on CO2 years ago. I've done about 32 shows on climate and weather. And you explained to me the other day, of course, I can't repeat it the way you explained it, but that there's, <laughs> it's not possible for CO2 to penetrate, to cause warming in anything. Can you explain that from your perspective and your expertise? First of all, Just, I, the very recent two papers published which shown that CO2 is not the reason of increase of the temperature because increase of CO2 abundance appears years after increase of the temperature. So. Increase of the temperature is the main event. It is the reason. CO2 is the consequence. This is what people did papers, and uh, they now cited seriously. They've done good mathematics. I really uh, would recommend you do the search and look at this. People proven that CO2 cannot be reason. It is a consequence. This is what Patrick Moore said from Greenpeace, from Canada. He, he, we inter we interviewed he him. Moved, but no one yeah. took mathematically proven it. And the guys recently done from Greek guys, actually uh, got a very difficult Greek surname to pronounce, but I can send you later. <laughs> and, and But they done terrific job. They proven that the increase of CO2 comes after the increase with the time lag. So something cannot cause increase, which appears later. So this is against logic. From another point of view, before they done, as I explained to you, CO2 cannot hit anything because the highest uh, spectral line which IPCC uses as a source of, globe, of um, backwarming heating uh, it's actually infrared line. So if you tell you, if you look at the spectrum of the sun, the strong emission of visible spectra is like this bump. UV emission, which comes from the sun, which main source of our energy comes somewhere here, and X-ray emission comes even higher. When 
your infrared emission comes from somewhere beneath of this screen, which I cannot show you. So we to the floor. So okay. it is very low energy emission. So, okay, they said it's low energy, but we have a lot of it. We add many, many, they said CO2, number of molecules of CO2 increases so dramatically that there will be, you, you multiple this by million and this will add up. And this is when you say to them, oh, but there is another problem, dear friends. If you have so many atoms, CO2 molecules in this status emitting this line, that the optical thickness of this line will become larger than one. And they claim the optical thickness, the number of atoms will be 400, optical thickness 400. To explain you uh, that, let's say Simply. absorption coefficient of this line is 10 minus 12 um, per square centimeter, uh, emission per square centimeter. This is absorption coefficient. In order to get optical thickness one, I have to have on my line of sign 10 to 12 particles, and then my optical thickness will be one. So all these 10 to 12 atoms with this absorption coefficient will emit towards you, and you will see emission of CO2 when you have optical thickness 400. So instead of 10 to 12 atoms, you have 400 multiple by 10 to 12. What has happened? The IPCC say that we add all this emission and this is when it's some heating. And here, where the radiative transfer theory comes in, which says, oh no, no, guys, you cannot do this because the emission inside this 400 unit of optical thickness cannot leave the layer completely. It needs to be emitted, reabsorbed by other particles, emitted, reabsorbed, and it will be, it's called diffusion, internal diffusion. Diffuse. And, mm -hmm. and this internal diffusion does not allow anything to leave this layer only from the optical thickness one, from one side and from another. So everything inside, it is actually hidden. So you only get emission saturated with optical thickness one, but it can last for long time until all these particles eventually reach the layer optical emission one and can go out. To put you in simple words, imagine that you're on the <laughs> football pitch and you have 100,000 people standing on the pitch because it is a fire, but only one gates are open behind one gates of one where 150 people or 200 people can get in one minute through it. So all other people, so 150 goes out, but all other people standing behind, they don't know Can't what is through. happening. They keep pushing each other. And on the first, first 150, <laughs> then the next 150, until they all come through. The same happens with radiative transfer, which obviously IPCC guys never heard about. So this is why they added all this emission, replacing integral, with the simple summation. So this is a basic mistake, what they basically did. So the distinction for the public is the distinction between real data and where it's derived from. That's part of the computation yes. that's missing. 
Yes. And you have it summation. To explain what summation is, because it's critical in what you do, and like what what the di the distinction between the real date and the summation. It just means people making it up. What does it mean? Oh, people just add any emission coming from each CO two, add and say it goes out to the earth. This is why they got this large amount coming to the earth. So it is not they. I believe they simply do not understand how radiative transfer works. This is the error. Because how is that possible all over the all over the world? Is it because it's such a specialty, radiative transfer? It is. It is very mathematical topic, I have to say. So <laughs> okay. uh, you have to be very good in mathematics and knowing that the world last 50 years was reducing mathematics in every school, every university and everything. I am not surprised. When I was doing my radiative transfer thesis, at that time uh, in astronomy and solar physics, people become very conscious and they were we were discovering different um, discrepancies which people assigned to something. So I thought in this ages, we, we overcome, we explain what is radiative transfer. Everyone now understands, but it happened only in solar physics not in planetary physics. They obviously didn't look at radiative transfer. And this is why they arrived into this uh, theory adding emission from CO2 atoms and molecules um, instead of doing proper integration like they should do in radiative transfer diffusion theory. So this is what they've done. So what a lot of the people that I've interviewed when I focused on climate and weather in all the different aspects of it were brutally attacked, lost their funding, um, lives were wrecked, some were sued, you know, and yeah. and sued for years and years and years and years and years. Yes. Till they yeah, were and broke. And Professor Salvi so, was poor victim of this. And he has brilliant, actually I use his lectures explaining how water and CO2 contributes to the, he, he claims they cannot basically even measure CO2 addition from the humans. They, they only got come together, everything, and it is very small amount. So you can separate small to this from the smaller. So that he claimed, but I know they, they, they do, they, they did the same with us, uh, our paper 2019 with, oscillation of the zero magnetic line, they campaigned for half a year to, to retract it, retract it from the journal. So it is not removed from the journal. It is written retracted, which inspired me. I'm very determined woman. You can say so. So <laughs> <laughs> when, when they retracted, we, we put them all the explanation, everything, they just ignored us. Completely ignored. They was this Nature magazine that asked for the, that the put nature? retracted? Yes. Well, they do nature. that all the time. Yes. It, they they, they did that to the guy, the brilliant scientist who said Absolutely. water has memory, and now they acknowledge but it. Thanks to this retraction, we had this paper got more viewers than any of my papers ever, 15,000 already, and it's keep growing because they retracted on the 1st of March, 2020. On the 23rd of March, they put us on the lockdown so you sit at home uh you know mourning your retraction and thinking what should i do 
and the university planning to consider why I did publish paper, which is retracted. How, how could I do this? So I decided, no, I will not be mourning this. I will look at the distances because the reason they retracted, they said that the sun-earth distances do not change, as we mentioned in one of the paragraphs, in our last paragraph, in last section, first paragraph, about seven lines. For these seven lines, they retracted paper. So the sun-earth distance cannot change. So I decided to measure sun-earth distance for 2,000 years, for, for about maybe 10 years. You, you put every thousand for three or four years, and for every month you download distances, and then we calculate solar radiance and so on. I done it. I done it. And by the end of this 2020, I wrote a chapter proving every word I anticipated in that paper. Because in the paper in nature, we did not calculate the distances. We thought logically, if this um, distance magnetic field changes, it means the distance between sun and earth should be changing. But we didn't calculate. And they said, oh, this is the speculations. You cannot do this. So in the chapter, I said, no, I cannot do this. Every word said in my paper is correct. So my chapter proven that it was everything correct. The chapter was published on the 5th of March, 2021, on the anniversary of paper retraction. Then I came back to the editor of the uh, Nature Scientific Report, say, excuse me, I have a proof with the NASA distances, ephemeris, and the Paris Medon, which are the same like NASA, then this distance is changing exactly as I said. So withdraw your retraction and wrote me apologies. He refused. He refused to change. I went to the Springer, I said, they done retraction without um, reason. Here's the proof. The, oh, we cannot comment on the <laughs> editorial decision. I wrote to the uh, vice chancellor of Edinburgh University, of where Professor Rees um, Ken Rice works, who was the main protagonist saying that the sun-earth distance does not change. I sent them the plots and said, look, if this guy works for you, <laughs> the professor of celestial mechanics, there's two possible problems with it. Either he doesn't know the celestial mechanics because NASA ephemery shows the distance changes, as we say, and he claimed it doesn't change. Or he knew the distances change, but deliberately put the whole public and everyone um, into dismay. So they say they hidden this up. So the Vice Chancellor wrote me reply that he has the right to express his opinion. I rest my case. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and this is but academia. You know how, how they hide, how they hide the errors or the manipulations. This is the truth. I have their letters and I publish on my website, solargsm.com. Solargsm.com. This is astounding. And it just goes to show you that in the modern day, politics is still politics. And there's a deep and complete politics in the in new knowledge. Yes. And, and, and I'm very lucky that we don't live in the 17th century because I feel I would be already you know, on, on, on that 
big fire, they will be burning me like Giordano Bruno. This is what, what they, they do to all people who object or question even their finding. But it is very difficult not to question. If people have some knowledge, they, they see it contradicts to thermodynamics. The, the people, many people say they didn't know about radiative transfer, but from thermodynamic point of view, the emission of the radiation which comes from CO2 cannot be heating because it's much lower energy than outside atmosphere. Just outside, we have sun with UV emission with very high energy. How it bloody hell can heat more from these tiny, 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 tiny emissions which sit somewhere there? So, the, so basically, this is allowed to happen, not just politically, but because there's not an integration of the disciplines. Like you have, you're sitting with an integration of disciplines, applied physics, applied mathematics, physics, electrical engineering, correct? Astrophysics. In other words, you have, you're dealing with the whole system. And in discovery, you really want to find out and there's groups of people that are running things that don't want to find out. They don't want to find out what they need to know because there's an agenda there. I mean, true science, you're supposed to question. I mean, you're supposed to be questioning and excited to look and find out what's happening. You know, when I found out that peer review was not the gold standard of anything, I was really yeah. shocked. Oh, my God, I was shocked. You all have to hear the show that we did on peer review. You must if you care about Anything you're going to be hearing that's, quote, scientific, because we still, many of us still turn to that like it's it's the gold standard. No. You know, even Feynman said that um, somehow peer review became um, like a tool to support your your group, your supporters and um, steal ideas from your competitors. So kind of thing. This uh, this is what happened in. But we now, they do not even steal idea. Now they simply suppress uh, the people. So if you submit the paper, which doesn't contradict ge generic view, none of the nature editors would accept this paper. They find it is English not good because you have surnames or cover. Or despite, I, I teach in English at the university. I wrote the books, I wrote the papers. So somehow... By the end of this story, I cannot speak proper English. So, or they invent something else. And then not only me, they're all other people. They invent why they cannot tell, or the referee will write such um, idiotic reports that the authors need to write like a small book explaining the referees, the physics behind it, and relying they have minimal knowledge to understand this book because. Some of them do not have even proper education. They they do not know many physics laws, and you speak like uh, deaf and mute kind of thing. Um, the grand solar minimum, as we know it, that has begun when it starts to really kick in, even though it'll get colder in the years to come, around twenty thirty or more. The my understanding is that a grand solar minimum activates a higher degree. Tell me if I'm right about this. A higher degree of volcanic activity and earthquake activity. Is that true? Yeah, actually, it is. Yeah, we published paper which um, 
had very interesting story being accepted to the nature, uh, paid money and uh, rejected by the editor and then accepted to astrophysical journal, proofread and also rejected because they don't publish. Now it is published, you can find it in my website. So what will happen in uh, 26 um, cycle from 2032 until 2043 or 2031 until 2042, we expect to have much larger number of volcanic eruptions, which probably screen the sunlight like we had eruptions, remember, uh, about six, eight years ago, and uh, we could, plane could not fly, and, uh, but there will be, if it will be much larger number of eruptions, then uh, the ashes, will protect from the sun and the if you don't get the solar radiation if you have ashes the temperature will still decrease it in addition to reduction of general solar activity solar activity is re reduced one thing but another thing that our atmosphere will create these ashes from uh, volcanoes which even those which is sent from the sun cannot penetrate to the earth so we might have a few years of um, nearly winter or around the year kind what, of thing. What about uh, earthquakes, the uh, impact of the grand solar minimum on earthquakes? Is that, yeah, in, in, is, does that have, happen? We, we didn't investigate, but other people shown the link between uh, solar activity and uh, earthquakes. So it's probably through the, not solar activity itself, it's through magnetic field. What we found that not number of radiation or particles which come in from the Earth affect volcanoes, but the magnetic field, its polarity and magnitude, its interaction with the Earth magnetic field, it causes the increased geomagnetic activity. And this will happen in cycle 26 when the eigenvector from the solar magnetic field will have southern polarity. Well, it's interacting with magnetic field of northern polarity and it causes a lot of uh, geomagnetic storms and um, other interactions. That's not long, that's not far away. This no, is, you're talking no, this is the, eight to 10 this years. This is the ground solar minimum. Yeah, this is what will be happening. And so uh, now again, I want to go ahead. If uh, this ground solar minimum will produce, as we expect, as I said, Reduction of radiation, reduction of temperature, increase of volcanic eruption, which means that we will have basically the reduction of anything on the earth. It will be temperature reduced. And the sun is already close to the earth. We had temperature last summer very hot. So the Sun will not move much further in the next five years because the period of its movable is thousand years. So five years compared to thousand, it's nothing. It will move a little bit. So even being so close or being hit by, let's say, by anthropogenic global warming, but when all these ground solar minimum effect come to uh, to inaction, it will become cold. So when it become cold. It will be independent proof provided by the sun that all heating Earth obtain and other planets comes from the sun. There's no contribution coming from the planetary 
um, activity themselves. We are not that powerful, unfortunately. This is it. The sun in this context is a causal, yes, a causal yes. force. Yes, exactly. Of of planetary heating and cooling, one way or yeah. the other, depending which cycle yeah. that we're in. And now I want to go to those of us who were who have been excited about solar panels, electric cars, and those who have been persuaded about not using gas stoves and all that. This makes me very worried for civilization. If if we uh, I talk about this, I want for you Western, to talk about will solar panels. Pardon me. For Western what? civilization, because for Western it, civilization, it doesn't reduce fossil fuel. Russia use fossil fuel. They know this is a hoax, so they do not do anything. They put gullible Westerners to believe all this hoax, and they, they, they put us to destroy our economies and our lives. When did you feel that? When did you see that? How long have you felt that? Yeah, I, I remember Clintel Group. We have daily updates with all, all the data proving that there is no climate emergency hoax. And among those, um, I think I remember them a couple of last years. And among them, someone did this investigation that it, it should be the specific instruction or policy of uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation of Russia to destroy Western economy through building this um, hoax about climate change and reducing them consuming fossil fuel because normally fossil fuel, it led to uh, revolution, industrial revolution in all countries. This right. is how Great Britain, France, America move forward and become very developed countries. And now they want to pull rug out of this development and make them independent and try to to make people buy very expensive electric cars which now in great britain many companies refuse to uh, insure because the repair is so expensive no one wants to repair them so it's but i want to i want to go back to this because this agenda with climate which i didn't know until 2009 started back at the club of rome and then out of the Club of Rome, the IPCC was formed, okay? And I interviewed, interviewed Neil Axel Morner, who was the premier person in sea levels, in the focus of sea levels. And he was so upset with what was happening on that panel that he quit. He walked away. He couldn't handle it. And so, you know, when you hear all these things, the polar bears are going, the sea level's rising, you're going to burn up, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's really scary stuff. If you don't know and you have no reference point, for anything, but I want to ask you specifically about about the the so like like Elon Musk is into this is is totally committed to the electric vehicles. He's committed to the solar panels. A lot of things operating through solar panels. I want you to explain, okay? Because there's a lot of people who really care. Because you know he's taking the bet, like like going to Vegas. He's taking the big bet just in case they were right. He wants to make sure civilization can continue. So, and he has a deal with NASA and he has, and he's bringing stuff into outer space. So 
if he goes up against them, you know, if he finds out what's happening, which I'm not sure that how receptive he will be, but I want you to talk about just your expertise now in the context of the grand solar minimum arriving and those of us who didn't know it, don't know it, are invested in electric cars and with solar panels and houses with solar panels, where are we at? What's going to happen to us? I well, want to know. Your electric cars will stop working in the storm frost because the charge of... Why? Wait, say that again. Battery. Say that again, if you would. Say it again. Electric but a little cars, louder. Electric yeah. battery will stop working in the big frost. Remember, it was a frost in uh, um, Texas, I think yes. 2019 when it started. And uh, none of the electric cars, they could work with a huge frost. So your electric car will be nice piece of equipment standing in your garden under the snow, which you cannot run because you need to have petrol car or diesel car, which has a local uh, engine, which you can run and not electric because it will be frozen and electricity doesn't work. You have specific range under which your electricity comes from the battery and it has to be normal uh, temperature range plus minus 18 Celsius. But if it comes minus 20 Celsius, well, we will below this range. So it's still working. Not speaking that all these batteries and produce, you need to spend a lot of diesel or petrol to produce them. And you put a lot of fossil fuel into their production, which is much more expensive than electricity they produce. So they, they actually took for the right the whole humankind because they I make agree. money. They make money out of it. I understand why Elon Musk interact, supports it because he makes huge money. He become he was billionaire. He become billion trillionaire. I think with this one. And that's but you don't think he actually is worried and believed and believed the uh, propaganda about what is going on with the earth? I mean, I did. I believed it in 2009. I was scared to death. And it wasn't until I rolled up my sleeves and went layer by layer, piece by piece, that I realized, oh, my God, there's something there wrong monsters. here. Uh, and Einstein mm -hmm. said in the beginning of 20th century that... After a while, all media will be owned by rich people and we will never know the truth. He is a very smart person. Absolutely correct. This is we reach this stage. So they bought the media, they got the money, and they put this hoax because, because they won't become very rich. He knows how to make rich money. I don't know how he got his uh, initial capital. But he doesn't matter, like Bill Gates. They want to get their money. They know after they go and they maybe live here another 20 years, after they go and if everyone recognizes it is not true, they will not punish them because they will be gone. So there will be next generation saying, oh, my God. <laughs> How they trust but, you know, idiocracy. But, you know, I, to give him the benefit of the doubt, though, to give him the benefit of the doubt, because to me, he's not a Bill Gates. Bill Gates is destroying civilization, totally destroying it, buying <laughs> up the land, uh, you know, uh, uh, poisoning the seeds, poisoning the food, all food. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, don't, we won't even talk money. about what he's it's it's and, and, but the centralization, the centralization 
and the surveillance apparatus that's being created around CO2. So it's like, you know, it's really scary when you get down to it. I mean, uh, so many years ago when the cap, uh, cap and trade uh, organization was created, it was created with the person who developed the credit default swap. And of course it didn't work because it was about swapping this fake pollution item that's not a pollutant so it's all scary it's 24 7 you're right they own everything they own the magazines they own the newspapers they own the news stations and there's a centralized narrative and now uh you know i did a i did a just as an fyi i did a piece um a tribute to my late doctor dr james privatera in los angeles when he died he was in great shape, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, he gives a talk at a conference, and within six weeks, and he used to cure cancer, he has fast-acting pancreatic cancer out of nowhere and dies within six weeks. So I gave this talk, and I released it online 10 years ago. And in, on, in August of this year, 2023, I come back from a trip, and I'm in the airport, and I see that YouTube took the tribute off of YouTube, removed it and gave me a strike. So even, we're not even talking about what he's alive doing. This was a a tribute to what he did and it was removed. So that's how serious the censorship is. That's why I feel for you in your area because your line of expertise is flying in the face of a narrative that is not accurate, not true, not real, and data that has been concocted. And so I really feel for you. So if the electric cars won't work, what about electricity in our homes during a grand solar minimum? Oh, this is a very good point. (laughs) This means that when it will be cold, every people try to consume as much electricity as possible, put electric devices, not speaking this, charging the cars, they will not be charged. So the only people, the all electric stations have limited power to produce. They cannot produce larger and deliver to people unless we replace all the wire in the whole country from station to the houses and inside the houses, then we can have higher power for, for the current time. You're we, talking about the current grid, right? We like have the grid. only limited power, which means that during the day people are working, so the houses do not consume any power. This is why all the enterprises and plants consume power. They can do it. If it will become cold, snowing, people cannot go to work. They sit in their houses. They start heating the houses. As soon as they start heating the houses, plants will not get this power because they will consume this and will not be shared to the plants, factories, and everything. Moreover, the more power consumed by the houses, which are closer to the power station, the less is left to those which are further. And those who are further might not get this power until, I don't know, when the the closest one satisfied and eventually switch off this devices or will start saying in the radio, television, please switch off devices, let other people to heat something, at least to put their boiler on, because even our boiler works with electricity. You need to put your meter, put your uh, 
device which tell, tells you when to put the boiler. You can't put boiler manually. So the, this is the thing. So those who produce this electric batteries, powers, and everything, they basically did not know elementary electrotechnics. They did not know that our power stations, especially in Great Britain, we don't have enough power for, for the devices. I remember when it was called, I think last year even, they asked um, people in the houses do not to turn them off. off microwaves, uh, washing machine, let uh, the plants get some power because people cannot walk. They do not get power. People sitting at home, especially when during the lockdowns, when people sitting at home, it was cold and everyone puts heating on, heating on whole 24 hours, not only in the morning and in the evening. And this uh, definitely destroyed working uh, the plants. So this is the in this situation. So the electricity, it will be in very short supply, even without electric cars. If anyone will put electric car in the house, uh, very lucky, but the neighbors probably will not be able to get any electricity until he charges his car. So this is the situation we are in. And it is very dramatic situation. I'm planning to buy a stove and I, my chimney is built by modern builders cannot accept the stove so i need to put it somewhere in conservatory and open the pipe through the window that to access uh, oxygen but i would need a pipe if electricity stop working my boiler is useless it will be like the sun in the period of hibernation it is there but it doesn't heat anything so I can watch the boiler. It looks very beautiful, new one, but not a piece of heat coming out of it. So I need to buy a stove. And uh, luckily I live close to the woods. I can have some woods and burn the stove. But but in snow, you can't heat wood, can you? Uh, yeah, you can protect, hide the wood. I, I, I'm planning... Actually, we, we cut the trees <laughs> over the last few years. Now, we periodically come into that trees, cut the branches, make the small things, and hide it in the shed just, just in case. So try to prepare for it. Of course, uh, better to buy the coil or something. Coal would be good. Um, but um, So basically, yeah. basically, the people in charge of the world have to know that this is happening. They know. Somebody has told them. They have they, they to know. know. They, they deny. I had uh, meetings with the Republican um, member for Senate in um, London. They arrived to London. We had a very beautiful meeting in one of the Reese hotels. They invited me. We had long chats. And at that time, Republicans were at power. And we were thinking that Americans um, you know, get in the point and um, will be uh, putting um, some measures, not about this anthropogenic global warming, but measures have to protect. Because not only heating, okay, you sit heat in the home, but you want to eat. Your animals yeah, how you gonna, I was eat. just going to ask you, how are we going to grow food? You need to grow, you need to put real greenhouses, or you need to start delivering food because Europe uh, up to Spain will be covered by this uh, this uh, snow and other. So we probably need to deliver your 
vegetables and fruits from Africa. And this is why Chinese entrepreneurs, they bought lots of land in Africa. They know this is the golden land. They will make huge money in the next few decades. So they, they, they're doing this, but Chinese doing, not uh, any of the Europeans or any of Americans. Uh, you check probably if you check in America, someone is buying lands in Colombia, Venezuela, because they will be breadwinners. They will be feeding you. The only level on the earth will not be affected is equatorial, close to equatorial subtropics. This is where you can get food, no, not from the middle, southern middle latitudes. So if you want food in the northern, you need to build greenhouses, real greenhouses and grow there. So this would people, many people do in their uh, gardens, but uh, but in a greenhouse, you're still going to need light. You're still going to need heat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need Where to are you getting the heat from in a greenhouse in the grand solar minimum? You're doing yeah, vertical still growing. Get, still get. How is that happening? Well, I don't know. I've seen plants die right outside in my yard during and it's not even when it's not that cold. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This but is disconcerting. There's got to be some. It's very, very worrisome. And and that's probably why it's not being talked about because they don't want the civilization. No, they were, they uh, were talking five, six years ago before they tightened this stance on the media about Grand Solar Minimum. Because when I did my interviews in 2015, you type my name, type mini ISH, and all these interviews, all the publications from newspapers come up. Last few years, they cut them off like yours. They cut them off. They 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 literally cut. I I luckily have stored all the links. I can find them, but from general public, they cut them off. They they just keep public brainwashing and say. Quickly, quickly, give us money for the climate change because it will be too late. It will be too late because people will realize that instead of global warming, we got mini ice age and it will be global cooling. This is why so they I, this. So I have a question. You're yeah. in the United Kingdom. I'm in the United States. How is there a way to know through the the, the way you do a data, your data what comes first or what countries will be impacted first or where the head start happens? Like, is it going to start in one part of the world, but not in another? How does it work? Do you know? Well, I don't know exactly because the cold air comes um, as a jets from Arctica. So when we had last year, remember the cold jet came you mean the Arctic? You no. said Arctica. What do you mean, Antarctica or the Arctic? No, Arctica from our okay. North Pole. Okay. We are close to the North. So what, what we do yes. do with Antarctica? We are far away. The uh, Antarctica <laughs> is a problem for southern. You don't want to go there anyway. <laughs> no, they they've been actually much the coldest um, winter in Antarctica actually been this year. So really. Everything is okay there with Grand Solar Minimum, with the Grand Antarctica. We just published in paper under review, which I put all the statistical data. But what is happening, how, how the Grand Solar Minimum acts and temperature reduces. So you have a reduction of UV emission coming from the sun. 
And because the Earth is used to have some level of UV emission, this UV emission keeps our poles at the north and the warm air middle to equator covered by this warm emission. When this emission, UV emission, is re reduced, it causes the reduction of ozone layer, ozone abundances in the Earth's atmosphere. And because of reduction of ozone, this uh, northern cold jets will have excursions from the north to the lower latitudes, like it was last year, remember, in Canada and the North, Northern America. They had minus 40. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say in Boston, I think it was Boston, Massachusetts, yeah. there was a minus yeah, 40. Yeah. And yeah. Oh my God. And they said, oh, this it's is, a polar, polar, polar. This is all the beginning. Is, this is will yeah. be happening more and more. Imagine the sun is now in the solar maximum and we have this jet. When the sun stopped moving towards the minimum and its um, radiation is reduced much stronger, this number of jets will be more numerous and the depth they penetrate to the latitude will be much bigger. So this is why this time they reach north of America. Next time they reach probably to the middle latitude of America and middle of Europe. And then reach, remember we had snow, I don't know if you know, we had snow in um, Morocco and uh, Spain. So we, we lost our broccolis, we lost all our greenish, uh, and it was in April last this year. It was only this year recently. So this is on the beginning. This is how it will produce these cold jets coming from Arctics, producing this um, cold air. So it will not be uh, evenly distributed on the north, it, where this air comes through. So definitely it was cold air reported recently in Russia. They had very cold uh, uh, jet. The temperature in the beginning of autumn was basically temperature of the middle of winter, which they were very terrified. And this will be happening. So we will see this winter. And more it goes, the more it will appear because this is how ground solar minimum will be acting. Is this a cyclical uh, event that how long has the grand solar minimum been actually measured, even incorrectly through just sunspots alone? How long has Earth in inhabitants known about the grand solar minimum as a solar cycle, do you think? We calculated it from the own oscillation of the sun. So it is from eigenvectors of the sun. And we reckon it will last for 33 years, from 2020 right, but to 2053. But my my question is, how long has have humans been measuring grand solar minimums as a cycle? No, they how long have we been measuring? It. We we are the first time for measuring. No one lived 300 years, so there was people who lived in Mount the Minimum. <laughs> they all died and gone. We live in the historic period. We will be the first one who measuring from the space, from the Earth, and we can have all the measurements. So we are in the very historic position. We sit in the front row and we measure everything. Nobody did it before us. We are the first. Okay. Do you feel, do you feel or think 
that obviously a lot of people are going to die. A lot of animals are going to die. Plants are going to die. Well, yeah. Who are the, describe to me, you have to have thought about it now that you've gotten this data. Who were the, who's surviving this? Who was surviving this? It's going to change all of life. All of life everywhere. It will, it will change many people. Like in Texas, when it was frost minus 20, many people died in their own houses because they thought someone will come and save you. They'll survive those who will take um, their own destiny in their own hands. Like buy a stove, go to your nearest forest, take a X and take the woods and start fighting for your life. Cook. I, I, I get this cooker with the gas balloons, which I can cook in the, uh, I don't know, maybe on the street or in my conservatory and kitchen. So like I can cook. It is like you go camping. So you, you need to learn to put fire and to put food in elementary food and start eating. You will probably learn how to grow elementary potato, carrot or something and Start preparing basic food from it. So you need to take destiny in your own hand. If your government refuses and still believe it, where is this bloody heating? Let's put more CO2. Put CO2 more. But CO2, we discovered it is a consequence. It is not the reason. So the CO2 will be reduced because the temperature starts decreasing. We will have a reduction of CO2. They might which are, they might declare that because they done so much good job, the reduction of CO2 was to decrease the temperature. But this comes only from the sun. So you see, the people who don't have knowledge and honor, they can declare anything. About geomagnetic storms, are we more susceptible now even though the grand solar minimum is at its beginning, to geomagnetic storms or EMPs or what you call CMEs. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but... Coronal mass ejection, CMEs. Yes. Yeah. Is that well, something that we could face in a grand solar minimum? The uh, in medical studies that uh, humans are perceptive to geomagnetic storms. And I remember in many countries, in Ukraine, in uh, Mexico... Uh, they they when they give weather forecasts, they immediately say there will be a geomagnetic storm coming, and people with the blood pressure, with the heart condition, with others, don't do this, don't do that. So definitely, this perception we part part of the system. Our body is electrolyte, so we perceive the electric signals coming from the earth, from the sun, and everything. This is this is it. Yeah, it will be. To, when to you say our extent. bodies are an electrolyte, do you mean do you mean electrical? Yes, electrical. If you connect to the electric wire, wire goes through your body. You know, many people got this uh, <laughs> big shock by electric. This is why it goes through. And they, they always tell you, uh, if you deal with electricity, wear the rubber shoes, which cut off the circle, so electricity will not go to the earth and you will not become the earth channel of your electric wire. <laughs> I hear that we are also impacted by magnetic fields drastically. There was a science, uh, there was an inventor that I interviewed 
who passed away last year, and he realized he made magnetic mattresses. And when the Japanese first did their mattresses, even though they're great at so many things, they had the current going the wrong way. Anyway, he redid it in a totally different way. He mm -hmm. says, because we lose every 100 years, 5% of the uh, magnetic field goes away. And that impacts a lot of our our health and wellness. Actually, it decreases it. So I'm wondering, during this grand solar minimum, is there a decrease of the magnetic field? Does it have anything to do with that? Or is there is any impact on health? Hmm? It is a decrease of magnetic field. It is already measured. People measuring degrees last uh, five years, magnetic field, and it will be decreasing more and more. The solar decrease of solar magnetic field. I don't know whether the Earth magnetic field decreases, but if solar decreases, the role of the Earth magnetic field will become stronger because in some position, Earth magnetic field becomes stronger than this solar, and whatever happens on the Earth, it will be run by by magnetic field on the Earth. But you need to look at this more carefully. I can't say you. I did not investigate it, but I fully agree. It only magnetic field will affect, and this is our opinion as well because we we replace the solar activity with the variation of magnetic field. So our eigenvectors are eigenvectors of magnetic field generated by solar dynamo, and uh, they are re reducing during grand solar minimum. So they're reducing, which means the magnetic field is reduced, and then with the consequence for for the all not only on Earth and other planets as well. So all will be affected. I want to ask you one more question because I know you're I know you're super busy. Um, a lot of people, there are certain people that are only watching the polls. And there are certain people with devices all over the world that are asserting through their data that we are in the midst of a pole shift. Do you is that something that you've ever looked at or Yes, are concerned yes, about and in our paper which we published on Volcano in 2023 if you go to my solargsm.com site into publication 2023 Vasily Van the publisher of Volcano and last um, I think last picture in that paper we show the movement of um, North Pole it's been very down south in the 16th century from 1535, it'd been very low latitudes, but last um, century, from 1900, it moves to its geographic position. This is why we have much better solar activity cycles and um, slightly better um, behavior of uh, volcanic and the uh, earthquake on the Earth. So it is. And the similar happened with the South Pole. So if there's a pole shift, yeah, or if the poles are shifting, what does that mean in terms of where what's going to happen to different countries? Is that something that it means probably shifting uh, well, given the direction of the jet in the last winter, pole was shifted in that direction. So probably wherever pole is shifted, the jets are trying to follow the pole. So there will be indication that the biggest jet will be where the pole is now, but it's my intuitive perception. I did not investigate it. I cannot be sure. So it, it's my um, uh, like guess from the ceiling, nothing else. 
Do you, I know that you have raised money and had to raise money privately to do the work that you're doing because of the mm-hmm. politics in academia. Sure. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that before we uh, wrap up here? <laughs> After a few disciplinary hearing, why do I investigate this criminal science? And it is not pleasant at all, I have to say, because it is uh, with the Provost Chancellor interrogating you. Why did you write this phrase in the paper? It is I asking him, are you a specialist in solar physics? Do you say next time I will ask you to give me comments on my paper? Solar physics. He is actually <laughs> he laughed. It is funny now to say, but when I was dependent on him and he's trying to get my salary only or suck me without pension or whatever. So it is not so funny. So this is yeah. why uh, uh, I, I needed to, then eventually I thought maybe it is safer to wave goodbye to them and just uh, live on the earth unlike Selby who, who 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 drove him to, I don't know what. So I thought maybe <laughs> live better and do something. At that time was uh, this lockdown, and I was sitting at home and thinking, "Oh my God, how long would I have this salary? Bloody hell! How how? Because I my house is uh, fully paid off, so it's not like, but I needed to pay bills and so, <laughs> and you know, suddenly this click. Someone sent me email. Do you wish to have money? I thought it was like scum. You know, this say I have a relative who died who have 20 million. <laughs> yeah, I get those every day. Yeah, I'm still waiting to collect <laughs> oh from all God, these people. This, uh, <laughs> you know? So I first wrote this something very nasty saying thank you very much. <laughs> and this guy then called me and said, Look, we met. You gave a talk in our group in London, and I uh, I am I am legitimate fund. <laughs> I still was not sure. Wow. But then eventually I accepted and said, write me a proposal and write what you might, what how much do you need? I wrote a proposal, approximately what I was thinking to do, and he accepted. And this is how our collaboration started. So and, um, this how I got So basically funding. you had to go for private funding because yeah. your work, yeah. you were they were taking disciplinary action against <laughs> yeah. you. For your findings. I, I thought they will crucify me. They had me somewhere in the university on the wall and say, this is the witch who we killed. <laughs> you know, it, I, I can I can understand one thing, though, from the university perspective. They get they are dependent on the government. And yeah, government grants. And so when you're dependent on government and d- government grants for in the area of discovery, uh, you don't have any freedom at all. In fact, you you can't even do real science. You're not really allowed to do real science because it will be disruptive the instant you're discovering things that are not part of a standard of of either so, information. I have to be right? fair that um, it yeah. was ProVC who plotted against me because he was the part of um, uh, Regin University. He came from there, from the heart of Anthropogenic Global Woman, while Vice-Chancellor of my university and the head of human resources supported me. So oh, they, did not, they did not allow them to eat me. So they, they 
allow me to do what I want and they supported me. So I have to thank That's them. That's great. They were very That's nice. God bless them. They were very nice. And uh, so we ended up in good terms. I got emeritus and uh, because at first they, they, I thought they were just throw me out of the door and that's it. <laughs> but nonetheless, now we're in good relationship thanks to the vice chancellor and head of um, human resources. And uh, I'm grateful for that. And what I believe with this guy who gave funding, he reckons that this is the research of the highest level, which had to be very dramatically. I believe when, if, if ever it will be rewarded, I don't know which price. The, I would thank the vice chancellor and human resources, they will be willing to share. This is their employee who got it because they are the only one who supported, not others. So this is the thing. And of course, this my supporter, I'm really grateful. The person who put life and believe that there are other people who believe that whatever you do, it is true. This was wonderful feeling that someone believes in you. Someone wants to support you and encourages you to do things. This was this is wonderful feeling compared to others. What you said, dismounted them, chased them, caused them to, to die. I'm, I feel I'm very lucky. So I'm grateful to all my supporters. And um, I hope we will. And again, the more we, the longer we live, the more chances we have this grand solar minimum when sun proves everything. We we have very powerful helper on our side and it is our main star. You know, I totally received that and you're right. The sad part is the cost of that confirmation. Yes, the cost is right. and the, I could cry about anything. it because I receive what you're saying. And I know the duplicitousness, the insidiousness, the nastiness, the vileness of the people that are controlling what can and cannot come out of academia and the realm of discovery. And I'm very sad for the, not millions, the billions of people that will lose their lives, their animals, their way of life, and will be caught totally unprepared. Totally. I always reply, if everyone send me asking what to do, I live here, I always reply with the my advices, what, what you what you have and you need to prepare. So people know it is set on my website. If people read, if after our chat they want to see, they can look and prepare because only people who take care of their own destiny probably will survive. At the moment, governments do not care about them they, they they think it will be warming and warming and we will be melting we will not so this is what at the moment you need to think about and think how, how you manage to take care of you and your uh, family and to survive people lived in previous centuries never had central heating you you took your heating with the coal and the wood and uh, so they survived. So you just need to probably redo it and start doing it again for, for a while. It's not for a long while. It is, but maybe for a decade, it will be required. For a decade but, or decades? 
few decades. I don't know. Decade. I what did you say? You said 2030. Yeah, 2030. 2023. But we already 2023. 20, 20, 20, so we say the call start 2026, 2028. And, and 2045. So the probably 2030, 2028 to 2045, this is, will be the coldest, coldest period. This is when you would need. It is still 10, 15 years. You need to survive a single year of the cold. And the, you know, with the heat, you can hide in the shadow and still survive. With the cold, you cannot do this. You need heating. Because without heating, you will not survive. Your body is not adjusted to exist in the temperature below, I don't know, minus 10. So this is the problem. And we need, this is why we do this interview. We need to raise this awareness at the level of humans, people on the basic level where, where they live. Put this uh, doubt into the propaganda they hear from the radio and television. Because they paid propaganda. This is what Albert and States said, and this is what happened. Media is now in heads of very rich people. They're making big money and the green uh, technologies, and they will do anything, say. But the sun is coming into ground solar minimum, and sun is reducing its temperature. Does it matter what it does? If you put extra heating, it still will be cold. And we need to prepare for that. Uh, Professor and Dr. Valentina Zarkova, I can't thank you enough for joining us and for all the work that you're doing, the discoveries that you've made, the way you're stewarding the realm of discovery and the way you're using your, really, you're calling upon great courage to bring this to the many. Thank you so much. It's rainmaking time. I hope you'll come on again. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. It's my pleasure.